0: I, I tell you what, I, I'm amazed at the people that agree to come on the Intentional Urger podcast and tell their stories. And this guy is no exception. He is the founder and CEO of Dream It Professional Events. And you can find them at dreamitpro.com. And uh, he, he we, we were talking a little bit beforehand He's a sports guy like I am, so who knows where the conversation is going to go today? But it's an honor to have Brad Norwood with me this morning on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Brad, how you doing today, man?
1: I'm great, Brian. Thanks for having me. It's it's a pleasure to to be on. And uh, you know, I love these kind of podcasts. This we've connected on via social media and had some chats here
0: and there, but. I love that this is our first conversation. So thanks for having me. Yeah, and I don't normally do that because I like to have conversations with people ahead of time and I like, you know, to, to make it really organic. But you and I interacted over social media and it, it, it's just, it's been a natural link. So tell me in the midst of this COVID-19 situation as, we, as we're recording this, kind of what has your mindset been around the interactions you've had on social media or maybe personal interactions, how have they been different than in times past for you?
1: Well, you know, for me, this is going to sound funny, but I haven't changed uh, as far as my interaction with people. Now, obviously face-to-face and what I do for a business involves large groups. And so that has obviously changed, but my interaction on social media has not changed with people. I kind of have, a system, if you will, on, on how I engage with people and how I track my engagement, uh, kind of track others, um, if you will, without sounding too creepy. Uh, I like to know who's following me, uh, for the purpose of not gathering a large amount of followers, but yeah. so that I know who's following me, uh, how can I help them? How can I serve them? And so I have a pattern, uh, that I go through when you know, when we connect, I'll, See if you're engaging with the content that I'm providing, and if you are, I'll reach out via a personal message. Uh, hopefully, strike up a conversation that goes offline, and and we'll see where it goes from there. But so as far as the pandemic, I haven't really changed online much at all, uh, but definitely in-person events have my business has suffered has suffered through that, and we've had to find other ways to to move around
0: it. You know, it, it's interesting because the live event. It is such a a rush for people. You and I were talking about our mutual love for college football. I'm a Marshall fan. The games have been have had reduced capacity. You know, a lot of places that are used to a hundred thousand plus people on a on a Saturday afternoon in the fall, it has been reduced by 60 to 70 to 80 percent. Yeah. Um, NFL games have had no fans now. Some some stadiums are starting to allow. Uh, I know up here in Cincinnati, which is about three hours from us to the west, the Bengals and Jags are going to play in front of six thousand people in a stadium that holds sixty thousand at Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati. How have people responded? Your clients that are used to putting on live events. How have they responded this year to not having the live event? Has there been great disappointment or are they going, hey man, wait till 2021 gets here? We're gonna blow it out of the water.
1: Yeah, it's it's been great disappointment. Um, you know, we've we've gone from initially a fear factor. I can those that have heard my story know that on Friday, March 13th, uh it will go down an infamous infamy with my business. I lost everything that day. I had several cancellations, not postponements, uh, but cancellations. And, and so there was the fear, the uncertainty of knowing what was coming that just led everybody to cancel. And then you kind of started to see as the summer came along and and we kind of got used to what was going on. You saw a little bit of hope that, yeah, 2021, I think we're going to do this. Uh, but now is the time to start planning 2021, and honestly, people are still sitting on their hands. Uh, yeah, the uncertainty is still there. We we just don't know. Uh, you know, Mexico has released travel restrictions. You don't have to quarantine going there and or coming home, uh, depending on what state you're from anymore. And so, starting to see some people go there. But again, you know, a lot of the companies that I deal with, they're not even back in the office nor will they may ever all go back to the office together. That's an uncertainty that we still are waiting to see what's going to happen. And so the large event deal, as of right now, it's, it's a no-go. Uh, I think people are trying out this 6,000 fans um, and an event deal. We're kind of seeing a pivot into the virtual event, which is very interesting. Um, I've seen some virtual tailgate parties so far. A very, very interesting concept. In fact, something that I'm starting to get a little bit involved with in order to just revive some sort of events.
0: You know, Brad, you talked about March 13th. And let's go ahead and go there for just a second because a lot of people that, have been, that may be listening to this podcast are going, man, I feel you. My mm-hmm. business did this or my business did that. Take me through how that day started for you. And, 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 and kind of walk me through, not really, you don't have to do an hour by hour. If you if you want to, great. But take me through how that day started. Um, kind of walk me through that day because you mentioned that is, and you used a line from from President Franklin Delano Roosevelt talking about Pearl Harbor, December 7, 1941, a day that will live in infamy. I think yeah. every business has those D-Day type moments, so to speak, where they go, man. The, the, everything around us changed, or crashed, or something that day. Take me through that day and, and just kind of what what happened. Well,
1: so there's a an additional personal story of that. My eight year old daughter had broken her arm uh, the evening before, and so we were. we started at the doctor's office.
0: That's uh, not a good changed. way to. That's not it, a way it, to. No, a good way to end any day or to start a day, man.
1: It's not. Let me, let me tell you, you know, everybody was so excited about 2020. It was the vision deal and all this and that. And there were like three or four Friday the 13th. One of them supposed to be on Halloween coming up this next month. I mean, Valentine's Day, Christmas, everything's on weekends. Or whatever. You know, going to be a great year, right? Well, let me tell you about this first Friday the 13th we had. I'm at the doctor's office with my daughter, broken arm. They determined. Thank, the only thing that happened good that day. She didn't have to have surgery. Great, great deal there.
0: And see, you're um, an Arkansas Razorbacks fan, so so you're looking forward to 2020 because you guys got a new head football well, coach. Yeah, and and coach
1: things. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's going to be a great year. Yeah. Uh, but I'm in the doctor's office with her. I get the first phone call, uh, and and that is I actually had a group going that afternoon to Oakland. Uh, Park down in Hot Springs, the racetrack. We were taking a group down for the day to the races. Oaklawn Park no longer allowing fans. So there's cancellation number one. Uh, and then it was just a domino effect throughout the day. And quite frankly, Brian, I, I think it was by noon, maybe one o'clock. The governor came on TV for a press conference at about 1.30. And by the time he was at the podium, everything in my business was gone. I had I had, had all cancellations. Uh, with the exception of the masters golf tournament uh, that had not canceled yet but everything else I had on the books a couple of annual meetings and a president's club the oakland trip gone uh, and so we just set just sat in uh, in in shock and awe and just kind of watched it it reminded me especially now looking back of 911 when everybody Brad, gathered let, at home and watched let,
0: let me jump in there for just a second because you mentioned the masters. The Masters, people were looking at the Masters specifically because the Masters really, and, and you know being a golf guy, and I'm a golf guy myself too, the Masters always marches to the beat of their own drum. They're yeah. the one, them and probably the Super Bowl with the NFL Yep, yeah. are the two sporting events that can dictate to every partner and sponsor that they have what that partner is going to do, not the other way around. Because right. you you look at, and we're recording this as baseball starting their playoffs. My team, the Reds, are playing at noon today. You never see a playoff game start at noon. Right. But the Masters, if the Masters said, guys, tell you what we're going to do this year. We're going to play in the middle of the night. <laughs> Everybody would line up. In Augusta, Georgia, to be—that's how powerful the Masters is. So, as you're talking about this, I'm remind—I'm—I'm I'm thinking back and going, "Yeah, everybody was kind of waiting to see what the Masters was going to do before they, you know, especially in, in on the PGA Tour, they were right. waiting to see what the Masters was going to do before anybody made decisions." I, I didn't mean to jump in there. I think it no, was really interesting. <laughs> What you were saying about the Masters and the power of a single event, because even at that time, the Kentucky Derby was still on, which is yes. a Masters level event or a Super Bowl type event. They were they were going to race in May, the first Saturday in May. The Masters was like, you know, we're we're still on, and then you you, you continue to get this news. Let, let, let me let me let's jump back there, for a second. You continue to get this news you're like, okay, this is still on. Take me through, you're, you're at mid-afternoon now, take me through kind of the rest of the day.
1: Yeah, you know, so then we listened to our Governor Asa Hutchinson kind of break down. Uh, school still stayed on uh, for the time being. My wife was, uh, was at the time an assistant principal. She's a principal now. Uh, and so there was just the uncertainty of the afternoon. It was just kind of, you know, I, I gathered with some friends and we just again, it was kind of like the 9-11. We just kind of watched it unfold on TV. What's coming next? What's coming next? What's coming next? And as we mentioned, the Masters was one thing that kind of, that did hold off. And in fact, fast forward through July, the Masters was going to be the first event that maybe had fans back. That might've been our first one to gather, but then they obviously now have since decided not to. But so the afternoon, I, I really, I just gathered with, with some friends and, and hung out watched it kind of unfold, you know, conference basketball tournaments were supposed to be going on. Uh, In fact, Oakland still ran the races. And so I put together of the group that was supposed to go down to the track, we gathered at the local country club, at Springdale Country Club here in Springdale, Arkansas, turned it on TV, and I kind of just provided an impromptu experience there at the club to watch the races um, and people were betting through their mobile apps and whatever. So we just kind of hung out, watched it unfold, uh, played a few races, and enjoyed the day what we could. And then, well, that Sunday is when school canceled, and it was kind of all over.
0: Well, and and here's the thing too, Brad. Is I'm I'm thinking back. You mentioned the conference basketball tournaments. I mean, Marshall, the school that I follow, was in Frisco, Texas play in the CUSA tournament they played Wednesday night and one so they were supposed to play on Thursday and they they play that conference tournament in what they call the starts where the Dallas Cowboys have their practice facility and they they do something unusual there they basically segregate off like it like a big AAU tournament so they take one half of it and there's their seats in the arena uh, one side of it is curtained off so that you've got two games going at the same time when they canceled i'm like man this is uh, this, this is this is interesting yeah. and then the yeah. sec basketball tournament because when when you had the sec obviously anytime that kentucky who's the stalwart of the sec can play you know they get that you you saw the big 12 go down and then the big east they were in the middle of a game they were in the middle of playing I forget, I think it was Marquette and somebody was playing and they were like, the, the announcers were like, man, why are these guys still on the court when everybody else is canceled? It's like, well, let them finish playing. Yeah. Let them finish the game. It was amazing. I, I, I've said this to my son, Rudy Gobert of the Utah jazz is the one dude singly responsible for bringing down sports in a, in a, because once he got diagnosed, they played the, the the Utah Jazz were in Oklahoma City, not far from you, and they were they were playing the 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 Thunder. Gobert tests positive, and and Katie bar the door. Yeah, you're watching this at Oklahoma, or you're watching at the Country Club. You're watching Oklahoma. How are you keeping it together internally? Because I got to think, man, if it's me. Man, I would just be I would be tore up in I'm just being transparent. How did you keep it all together, Brad?
1: You know, it it I didn't uh quote lose it um until probably that Sunday when I realized everything it was kind of the sitting in disbelief, right? Is this really happening? Um, because it all happened to me so fast. It it was the panic thing. And in what I do, I'm used to people panicking or being uptight you know that i'm trying to provide the best experience possible for anybody and everybody and so when that happens i do all the behind the scenes stuff i let them go and be and so when once the event's here it's time for me to go okay what can go wrong will go wrong how do we prevent it and so i just kind of naturally was in that mode um, because it happened so fast everybody else kind of in the panic uh, mindset and so I just kind of sat back really I was I was chill until Sunday and then Sunday when school canceled and now everybody's going to be I work from home and so now everybody's going to be home what's this going to look like and it was that Monday when everybody's here and we're trying to figure out what the new routine is going to be that I realized okay I've lost my job you know i I've lost my office, I'm ever, it's now a home, I've lost my job, what am I gonna do? I hate to use the word pivot, but it was like, how, what else can I do to keep this going? I, you know, Stuff's out of my control, but how can I still continue to help people? And the first thing that came to mind obviously was, hey, this can be a blessing. As hard as it's gonna be to have everybody home and they're intruding in my space during the day, Let's enjoy this. Chill out for a little bit. Let's see how long it's going to take. And let's enjoy the homeschooling uh, that's going on. And so we real quick set into, hey, kids, you know, and let's face it, the AMI packet at the time was just built for snow days. It was built to be home for yeah. two to three days, not two to three weeks. And so it was, hey, let's get let's get up in the morning, just like we're going to school, going to work let's get all of our stuff done by 10 o'clock, next week's supposed to be spring break, and so let's just start spring break now, let's have fun with what we can here in the neighborhood, uh, playing outside and doing things, so it was really a good time to focus on my family, and that's when I pivoted, if you will, uh, into the coaching role that I've really taken on uh, through the pandemic, and so it's a long way to answer your question, but I I was just chill through the moment um, until that weekend. And then it was okay. Something's gone wrong. How do I fix it behind the scenes with what I can control? And, And I did that. And it was a focus
0: on family. What's the best way? Because Brad, here's the thing. You were talking about virtual events and things like that. Everything, man, is happening virtually and things like that. From an event standpoint, what are some things that transfer from a live event to a virtual event that are universal? What are some of those things that, that, that are just kind of like, man, it doesn't matter if it's live or if it's over the the computer, this, this thing or these things are the same, no matter what the experience is.
1: Yeah. You know, really the, the communication, it is twofold though, Brian. I'm a people person. I love being around the people. I would rather you and I be sitting in a room, recording this one-on-one than being online right now. We're doing it because we're five States apart, but for, let's take a virtual tailgate. For example, I miss the people, but I can also get all my buddies online. We're taking pictures. We're texting before we hop online of here's what I'm grilling. Here's what I got on the smoker. Check out the cooler you know, everybody get wrecked. Is it too early for a bloody mary? No, come on. We're okay. Let's go. Those kind of things. And so you still do feel like you're there. Um, it's, but it's the communication. We really have to emphasize to people, look, pick up your communication. It's as if you were there. Text Brian. If if he's the first guy in in the spot with you to tailgate, text him, let him know you've pulled in, send him that picture. You know, Hey, pork butts on the smoker, wings are on the grill, whatever it might be, right? And so then you get everybody online and and they've already kind of chatted anyway. Now you hop in on, we'll call it the Zoom, even though that's not our platform that we're using. You hop on and then here we go. And we're we're bringing in former coaches, former players to talk, Q and A's. Everybody's still sharing what's going on. We hit highlights of games that might be playing at the time. And so then it feels like you are all together right there in the parking lot tailgate. It's a very, very unique and fun
0: experience. You know something, man, that, that is so cool. Bringing in former coaches and former players, because how often do those people get a chance to interact with those guys? Um, You know, the, 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 for, for, for Arkansas guys, the two guys that jump to mind and I, and I don't know if they've been apart, but, but it, it, let's, let's, let's just name drop for a minute. Let's say a guy like Darren McFadden or a guy like Ryan Mallett drops in to, to one of those. How cool is that for, for those fans of, of Arkansas Razorback football to get to have a virtual interaction with those people? Uh, you know, maybe, Another coach, you know, assistant coach drops in or something like that. Sure. When you think about that experience, what are what's some of the feedback that you've gotten back? Because I would think, man, in this environment like it is, you know, for instance, and let me let me drop back and punt a little bit. No, no pun intended. <laughs> but when but when the when the when the tiger feel versus. Brady and Manning, the 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 foursome that they did over the summer. Sure. The thing that came out of that was, man, this is this might change golf because if we can mic up the guys during a round and and get some interaction that way, that might increase fan engagement. I think there's going to come some things from that. What do you see coming from these virtual events, Brad? That might end up sticking going forward to implement them as as you know when things quote go back to normal what are some things that'll stick
1: it's going to be exactly that it whether the players are mic'd up while they're playing
0: uh or in the event is one thing and and that might get there uh you know you know what's going to happen man the highest paid guy in sports is going to be the guy that controls the dump button
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. To to mute the profanity. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But, and, you know, and they may make up some players, uh, as we've seen during the golf stuff. And if if people agree to do that, great. What I'm seeing already early is other golf, let's, let's take other golfers during that circumstance when when those guys are playing let's go you know justin thomas and tiger woods just took on rory and and justin rose uh, just up the street from us in branson missouri a couple weeks ago but let's take justin thomas since he wasn't in the phil tiger deal you get him on and instead of listening to whoever curtis strange and whoever else is on tv doing the commentating now you've got jt in your zoom group going oh this is really cool and if we can take it a step further, and Tiger and Phil are mic'd up, then we get JT in their ear. Hey, Tiger, tell us about this. You know, tell Phil, tell us about the flop shot you just hit. I mean, you know, those type of things. Where can you, you can imagine? Get some back.
0: Can you imagine those guys in the in the ear of Tiger and Phil, <laughs> them them going, "There's no way you got the stones to break out a six iron from 220 <laughs> yards." You right, know, right. I mean, you know, the because st- those guys are competitors, and, and 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 I love Curtis Strange, great, great golfer, major championship winner. But Curtis has not played in so long. He never played against Tiger and Phil. He may right. maybe Phil, but 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 certainly not. I think Curtis was leaving or getting ready to go on the senior tour when Tiger came out. He but, he never had to face the heat yeah, he never had to face that. That's exactly right. It would be a unique perspective for those guys to go listen. I've played in a final round with Tiger in that pairing. What I'm thinking is this competing against him in the final round. Yeah, or a guy like David duval when when Tiger first came out, Duvall was hot I mean Duvall was was oh, was yeah. playing a, a very very high level I, I can get with a guy like David Duvall who says okay this is probably if I if I'm out there right now this is what I'm doing right this is well, this yeah. is where yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but and I David like Duvall, yeah.
1: David Duvall is the prime example no offense to him but there is nobody that Tiger ruined more than David Duvall. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. The guy goes and he's, he's one of the first to shoot 59 in the modern era, and he's right up there. Here comes Tiger,
0: and now Duvall does a great job with the Golf Channel. <laughs> well, him and Faldo, too. I mean, Fal, you know, Nick Faldo, I, it, there, there's a time and place, man, when you've got to know that, listen, I cannot bomb it like these guys can. It's probably time for me to head up to the booth. Right, right, yeah,
1: yeah, that, that was a hard pill for Duval to swallow because yeah. his period of greatness was very short-lived, and he was really, really good. In fact, my best friend and I argue all the time because I was a huge Duvall fan, and, and Adam was a big Tiger fan, so we would butt heads and this and that about, and then poof, Duvall goes away, and I lost my favorite golfer.
0: <laughs> let, let me go here for just a second before we get into your story. Let me Let me pee over here just a second. I was having a conversation with somebody and we are talking about Jack Nicholas in, in my mind, still the goat.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and, and, and I live three hours from Columbus, Jack's, Jack's a Columbus, Ohio guy, revered, still revered in that area for, for all the things that he's done and meant Jack Nicholas really did not coach many professional golfers. Because just because you're a legendary golfer does not make you an incredible coach. Mm -hmm. You mentioned just a few minutes ago that you pivoted into coaching. What was it that you learned about pivoting into coaching and what did you have to do differently from running events and things like that to pivot yourself into coaching?
1: Well, luckily, I come from a, quote, coaching background. Um, I was a teacher for 13 years before I started my business. And so call it coaching is really a teaching role, uh, if you will. And so I was able to fall back on that. And with and what I do with the events is 90% incentive-based. And so we go to corporations and businesses and show them how experiences truly motivate and will drive their employees forward, especially versus cash. Don't get me started on bonuses. (laughs) And so when the events went away, there's still a process. The average incentive program takes six months. Most of them take a year, but there's still a process to that, right? You've got to figure out what that X factor is. What are we trying to incentivize? What are we driving? Mm -hmm. Are we driving sales? Are we driving safety? We're driving retention, attendance. You know, what is it? And so there's that process that has to be set up that a lot of companies know about, but they don't understand, and they don't do them because they don't understand. So that process in helping them, I I ask companies all the time when they say, well, we just give them a bonus. I said, well, have you ever asked them what they want? Well, yeah, they say cash. I said, have you ever eliminated cash and ask them what they want? Well, people always just say cash because they count on it as salary and they use that to go get themselves out of debt or get themselves into more debt. They don't give them things themselves things that they truly deserve. And so, as an employer, if you'll give your employees things that they don't ordinarily give themselves, you'll automatically start to increase your retention and your revenue. Your engagement will go through the roof they stay around. It, it, it starts to create what I call the culture of achievement. And so we, we coach that process, if you will, even when the events are going on. And so I just took a step back and said, look, the, the number one problem I face with companies is they don't ask their employees what they want anyway. And so here's the bucket list life plan that will give you 12 incentives individualized for every one of your employees. You'll find out Twelve things that really drive them, yeah, and will incentivize them, and you can use them. And so then we got into the program. I'm a certified bucket list coach. We started using that program and going into these companies that, hey, why well, you can't go
0: anywhere? Let
1: us take you places you've
0: never been before. Anyway, you don't have to leave the office. Well, here's the thing, too, Brad. Most people to get a bonus is probably going to save it for vacation anyway. They're you probably, would think they're, that they're probably going to? They're probably going. And, and, and what I have learned in my lifetime is I remember experiences long after the cash has been gone and spent right. because I don't go to my friends and go, man, I got a $10,000 bonus and I paid off a credit card. That's right. That's right. You know,
1: nor do you tell them you got a $10,000 bonus, right? Yeah, exactly. And, but if you get a trip, then you say, well, we're going to Hawaii or we're going to Jamaica or the yeah. Bahamas. Or, Really? Ha- oh, work's taking us. Yeah, it's a work trip. You don't express the seven to ten thousand dollar value that it's really got. Not to mention, you just you know if you notice, I just said seven to ten thousand dollars and you talked about a ten thousand dollar bonus. Companies can actually spend less on an incentive than they would on a cash yeah. bonus. It, and so it's great, yeah. it's a win-win because nobody quits a job because they feel appreciated.
0: Nobody. That's right. Unless they're, unless somebody has recruited them and and going to pay them way more money, you know? Well, sure. Yeah. But you don't, (laughs) you don't
1: walk in the door and say, that's it. I've had enough. You guys appreciate me too much. I'm leaving. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's a, Hey, I hate to leave this place. I love. and, And then if they're not appreciated, the other one, look at the rehires, look at the number of companies that rehire. I, I have a golden rule that I'll never hire somebody twice that's just kind of me. Yeah. Look at the companies that do hire somebody twice and that person that comes back. Why did they come back? Because they're part of the 79% of people that didn't feel appreciated.
0: Well, and I love what you said there. And, and, and I love it because it it, it almost sounds like a college football or college basketball coach going, boy, I really hated to leave that other school. And boy, you know, we really had something great there. You, you want to look at them and go, but, the school you left for is going to pay you four million instead of two million, and they they probably bought you a a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar house along with you, you know. Come on, man. Let's let's be real.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's well, and, let's be real. And, and even out of the coaching realm, look at look at the players. Put it on a college level. Look at the number of players that transfer, and I don't know the numbers on this, but my guess is if you took all the NCAA at all levels and the yep. number of people of players that transferred from their original program to another, they don't turn out successful. They just, you know, whether they made the wrong choice the first time or whether yep. they made the wrong choice the second time, the grass is always greener where you water it, right? That's right. And and it all comes from appreciation.
0: Man, I love that. Let me Let me pivot real quick to your story and take me as far back as you want to go how you ended up at this point in your life, because you've had some pretty interesting things happen in your life. You talked about earlier, your business, the, the, the D day of your business, but man, go as far back as you want to go from how you got from point A to where you are today.
1: Yeah. Well, Like I said, I taught school for 13 years. I I taught at a juvenile detention facility. I had a captive audience, no pun intended. Uh, (laughs) It was great. I loved it. I care about people. Hospitality is my spiritual gift. I love working with people, being with people. And I was in a unique situation uh, teaching at the juvenile detention center because these kids, 80% of them had no father, no father figure. And so I didn't care, to be dead honest with you, whether we did a language lesson or a math lesson, science lesson, I didn't care. I wanted those kids to know that we cared about them first and their whole being. And so on the flip side of that, that was rewarding, but the flip side was I'm in a jail. And so it's not like a regular schoolhouse where, Little Johnny goes off to be a doctor or, or whatever and comes back yeah. and says, hey, Mr. Brad, thanks for pouring into me. When I would see my kids again, it was because they were in trouble. Or I might run into one or two of them at McDonald's or Sonic or something like that. But then you're kind of like, uh-oh, hope they don't spit in my food type of deal. It was yeah. very rare, right? I mean, it was very rare that, in fact, I think in my 13 years, I had two kids that came back both of them went into the military, by the way, and came back and said, "Hey, thanks. It was because of you guys that I got my life on track." So after 13 years, Brian, that just it wore on me. Uh, there were some changes going on uh, in in the judicial system and in the education system that just weren't mixing, and so I'll I'll leave all that out. But I took hey, a Brad, golf trip. let
0: me yeah. let me jump in here real quick. Did Did you ever feel like in that 13 years, did you ever feel like am I really doing anything to affect change in these kids' life? Because you mentioned just a couple of minutes ago when you talk to executives today and you talk about, hey, you want your people to really feel appreciated. It's experiences over money and, and 100% agree with you there. Did you ever feel like during the time you were teaching there like, man, what am I? am I really making a difference in these kids' lives?
1: Yeah, and again, you wonder that, and that's the part that weared on. You felt like you were. I mean, we had good intentions with them. Uh, We poured into them while they they were there. But, again, you never knew if it stuck because you didn't get to see them again unless they got in trouble and they came back. Sometimes, quite frankly, we wondered, did they want to come back? We'll talk about a company
0: hiring them them twice, you know. In that situation, you know, in that situation – when a kid has to come back there again, man, it's not a good thing. They, they have messed up again. Right. You know, I guess the hope is that once that kid leaves, you do hope you never see him and they turn out okay because if they have to come back there, man, it's not a good thing.
1: Right. Yeah. And that, and that was the deal. So we just you never really knew, but you know, as the Bible tells us, it's not our job to grow the plant. It's our job to plant the seed right yeah plant the seed let god do the work and so we would plant seeds there uh, and and you let god do the work and so we always felt good about what we did you know you'd get frustrated when you see a kid come back but you just go love, keep planting the seed and 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 they work out unfortunately and and is it with all things not all of them always do uh so yeah that, that wore on me after some time i was just ready for a change Um, And i discovered that, you know, I'm a big golfer. I I love golf. I would play golf every day of my life if I could. In fact, during quarantine, I'm about half. (laughs) Uh, But I took a golf trip to Las Vegas. See,
0: that's the next next podcast you and I need to do together. We just sit and talk golf for an hour. Oh,
1: we can do it. We can (laughs) do it. Yeah. So I I took a trip to Vegas. I took 11 of my buddies um, out on a Vegas golf trip. I used a company called VIP golf services. And if you're listening to this and you're a golfer and you're going to Vegas, call VIP golf services out of Las Vegas, ask for Justin and tell him Brad Norwood sent you. They're a great company and they planned everything for us. I I organized 12 guy trip to go out there and VIP golf services ran it seamlessly. I mean, we had a bus that picked us up at the hotel took us to the golf course every day. We played beautiful golf courses, top level. And then they'd bus us right back to the casino hotel. We'd get up the next day and do it again. And when I got home, and I had a little bit of hospitality background before I started teaching. My my major is actually in education and resort recreation. And so I, I understood the service model behind all that. When I got home that Monday before noon, all 11 guys had called me, and they said, Brad, what an awesome job you did arranging that trip. And I was like, wait a minute. I didn't, I didn't do anything. Justin and his team did it. And from my history in, in hospitality, I thought, I got to call this guy and let him know what a great job he did. Yeah. And so I called him. I said, Justin, listen, man, this this one phone call represents 12 phone calls, okay? And you did a great job. We're definitely coming back. By the way, I'm an avid golfer. I've got a little bit of history in Destin, Florida. I live in Arkansas. Branson, Missouri is about to be a thriving This is This is eight years ago, Brian. And, and so Branson, Missouri is about to be a thriving golf destination, which, boom, now today, here it is. It's, it's top
0: Who five. Who would in have the thought country. Branson, Missouri would be? Because I remember 20, probably 20, 15, 20 years ago. It was Myrtle Beach. It was yeah. for, for guys that lived in West Virginia. You know, you want to go get away, Myrtle go play Beach, those. Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. to Hilton Head, you know, Santee, those those courses yeah. in South Carolina. Now it's really shifted to if you'd have told me two, f- five years ago that Branson, Missouri was going to be at a golf destination, I'd be like, yeah, I guess for the Oak Ridge boys, you know, <laughs> right? or yeah. yeah. people that are playing Branson. <laughs> Uh, you know, maybe Ray Stevens who plays Branson all the time, but that stuns me, man, that Branson became a golf destination like that. It, it sure did. Yeah. And
1: so, and, and so I was telling Justin this and said, by the way, how do you, how do you do this? I would like to know about it. We got to know each other. He shared the, the business model with me. We we made a mutual agreement that that I would never, sell golf in Las Vegas, unless it was through him. Hence the shameless plug for him. Yep. And I started a company called executive golf packages. And we ran the Arkansas golf trail, the Missouri golf trail. We started a trail in Destin and and to go back to Branson. My tagline for Branson was this isn't your grandpa's Branson. It was going to be a different place. And so did that uh, for several years. And about my third year in is when I started, you know, people were wanting to go to Pebble beach and they wanted to go to Kohler and they wanted to go to Bandon dunes and we could do that. And, and I I helped several do that beyond the the Missouri and Arkansas golf trails. And then the question became, well, how can you get me to the masters? I want to go to the Masters. I said, well, let's figure it out.
0: Yeah. You and me both. So,
1: So, well, and so we did, we figured it out. In fact, I'm in the process of moving, or usually right here in my office, you'd see my master's flag uh, in the background, but so I figured it out. In 2015, I took 50 people to the master's on a one-day trip, chartered a CJ200 50-seat aircraft, flew it directly out of Fayetteville, Arkansas, into Augusta. We were there for the day, boarded the plane back that night, and we were back in Fayetteville that night. We did it in one day, 50 people.
0: Yeah, you and, and, and to put some perspective, so I, I worked in, in Augusta with a, with a colleague of mine seven years ago, never been to Augusta, Georgia, and I told him I, we were going after dinner that night, I said, let's roll by Augusta National, and I'm thinking Augusta National's by itself, they dropped a world-class golf course in the middle of a neighborhood, it sure did on 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 the other side of on on the other side if you drove about a block there's just all these ranch style houses that butt up against but, but there's a, a blue million trees that separate augusta national golf course from the, from this neighborhood but i was like this is where the famed masters is is in I mean, it looked like they dropped it in the middle of the town that I live in in Barbersville, West Virginia.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: like, wow, this is amazing. W- when you pulled that one day off, Brad, w- what were you thinking at that point? Like, I think we got something here.
1: It was, yeah, it was, it was almost so. Then we did it again. In fact, when we got back, and I. Praise be to God. We we chose to do it on a Tuesday practice round, and so the benefit of that was, I thought I was doing it because it was easiest to get that day of tickets. But what was so great about it was everybody came back and then was able to watch the entire weekend of the Masters. By Monday, my phone had rang well over a thousand times. People going, How'd you do this? We didn't believe in you. There's no way. I, I'm talking to Joe, I'm talking to Bob. He told me what a great trip it was. I wanna go next year. I started keeping a list and I had about 30 people that were ready to pay and go next year already. And so I said, well, let's repeat it, let's do it. It's hot, it's on their mind, let's do it. So we did it again in 2016. It was that trip, we did the same model and it was that trip that made me realize you know, these, these buddy trips and these golf trail trips are awesome. But what's really cool is the, it's the same amount of work for me to take 50 people somewhere as it is five people or 500. I have to handle all the logistics anyway. And so I'm milking fewer cows, per se. I don't have to do so much volume if I do these big trips. And so that was the, the moment, the light bulb moment for me. In 2017 is when I rebranded from Executive Golf Packages into Dreamit Professional Events. And I selfishly created the events around my bucket list of sporting events. The Kentucky Derby, the Breeders' Cup, the Super Bowl, the Masters, College Football Playoff, Daytona 500. You name it, we just keep building now. But I put those events out there because I had access to them and for people to see. But really, as I told you before we came on the air, the it in Dream It stands for whatever you want it to stand for. I designed it to stand for incentive travel because, again, the appreciation. If you can show your employees and your customers an experience as your appreciation, they'll run through brick walls for you. They want to go again. And so I've sold it every year. I I no longer do the big 50-person trip. Uh, because of the corporate engagement, we do more private trips. So I I uh, broker private jets all across the country. Cincinnati's a great destination to leave from. If you have a two-hour radius into Augusta, it works really really well because you get the majority of the day there. And so I broker private jets can get you there and back in a day. You can stay the weekend if you want I have beautiful homes. I have an entire cul-de-sac that I rent out about fifteen minutes uh, north of town from the golf course. We provide hospitality. I, you, you want for nothing when you go. It, it's just an amazing experience. And so then I ta- I've i taken that model and transferred it to every other event, the Kentucky Derby, the Super Bowl, on, and on Daytona 500, on and on and on. We also then do large group travel to international destinations. Mm-hmm. Cabo San Lucas, Mexico is a very popular destination right now for us. In fact, that was the last trip I was on before all the COVID stuff hit. I was with Lumber One Home Center, and they did a a customer appreciation trip, builder rewards trip to Cabo. Uh, We've had teams go to Hawaii. We've had teams go to Las Vegas. uh, We've had teams go to Jamaica. And so – the deal is again the incentive program. That incentive drives your team, and then you reward whoever qualifies. And the great thing is, my clients don't have to worry about any of it other than the performance, because we do all the planes, all the airfare, all the accommodations, all the food and beverage, activities while you're there. You know, if you're an all-inclusive resort, I had a lady in Cabo this year. This is probably my favorite story. I had a lady in Cabo this year for her activity, choose to go on a camel ride. And I said, are you, are you sure? You're the only one out of this group of 50 that has chosen a camel ride. Everybody's going deep sea fishing or playing golf or going to the spa. She said, oh yes, yes. It is on my bucket list. I want to ride a camel. Wow. I want to do this." That. that's great. Well, you know what? Lumber one provided that for her, you know, she, she, earned the trip. She was, she's a builder and owns a construction company and earned the trip for her and her husband and a couple of their employees. But she had a bucket list moment that was provided for her by Lumber One. She won't buy a stick of wood from anybody else ever again because they provided it for her. And it, it, that's a cool story for me to tell, for her to tell, Lumber One to tell. And that's how it works. It's yeah. it's a win-win-win for everyone. So I mean, that's gotta... the that's the long story for you.
0: I got to ask you a couple more questions real, real quick. And, and I, man, I so appreciate your time. This has been fascinating. Take me through the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome in business. Yeah. In your life. And what was the lesson you learned from it?
1: I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to start with the lesson I learned from it. I wish I'd have known this in 2013 because I had, I'm a visionary person. I tell people all the time, be intentional challenge yourself and envision the experience and i'm great at envisioning the experience and so i can i and and that's a big fault of mine a lot it's it's a tribute but it's also a big fault because i see way down the road and i sometimes in 2013 i expected it to come overnight that's the biggest lesson i've learned is success doesn't happen overnight you know a lot of people say success is in the journey and i tell you you couldn't be more wrong Success is in the destination. Once you get to where you want to be, that's when you enjoy success. The journey is the the blood, the sweat, the tears, the sleepless nights. You know, as an entrepreneur, you get to work whatever hours you'd like to, right? Half days. I always tell people, well, what 12 hours do you want me to work? Because that's the half day. So that's the lesson I learned. Biggest obstacle goes to that 2017 master's trip. We're doing the last year. We're doing it in a one-day deal, and this is the main reason why I did. I quit doing the big trip. I've got fifty people going there and back. We hit a pardon, my friend. We hit a hellacious thunderstorm coming back, and the pilot diverts us to St. Louis. Now, keep in mind, in this again, we go back to the calmness, the panic that I have, and the panic that everybody else has. It's a one-day trip. I got no plans to be in St. Louis. I also have a fourteen-hour time slot that I have to keep my pilots within. We land in St. Louis at midnight, and I've gotta be back in Fayetteville, Arkansas by 2 a.m. This thunderstorm is lighting up the runway. I mean, we're not going anywhere. And so I meet up, it was so funny, my videographer and I talk about this all the time. He, I took him with me to video the entire trip, and, and we were done until this storm hits. And he's got all of his equipment still on the plane. We had to get off the plane, like, quick. All of his equipment's on the plane. And maybe the best job that I've ever done, I say this humbly, he, I'm saying it in his words, maybe the best job I've ever done was in this St. Louis airport with 50 people in an FBO lobby, middle of the night, wanting to know how the heck they're going to get home. we got no hotel rooms in St. Louis. This, this isn't planned, right? So I've got no hotel rooms. I've got no transportation to get them to a hotel. We can't get anywhere. This is all going to come out of my pocket. This isn't what they paid for. How am I going to do this? I lined it all up. I found two hotels side by side that were going to be able to hold us in. I had a cab service that was going to deploy all their cabs and be able to get us back and forth. And before I went to the lobby to tell everybody that I'm sorry and this is what we've got to do, I went into the bathroom to use the restroom. I was the only one in there. And I just said a prayer and I said, God, I'm not Moses. But for one second, will you please split this storm? Show us a way out of here. Help me get these people home safely. And I walked out and the pilot was sitting at the computer. I I, I get chills as I tell you this. He's sitting at the computer. He's looking at the radar. And I said, sir, I'm not criticizing you. I'm just asking you to look at this through my eyes, but keep us safe. How can we not go through? And I showed him there was just a little split. And I said, how can we not go through this split and go north? And then we'd be through it and then turn due south and go home. And he looked at me I said, I just need you to tell me from a pilot's perspective, Versus my perspective, because I see that we can go through here. And he turned and looked at me with the widest eyes and he said, if you can get them on that plane within the next two minutes, we can go. And I ran to the lobby and I said, everybody get on. It's still lightning, Brian. It's still all around us. Yep. And I said, everybody get on the plane now. We got two minutes and we can go. If we turn around, I've got you taken care of here, but let's go. And we got on the plane And we landed in Fayetteville, Arkansas at 2.30 a.m. By the grace of God, I can still say I did it in one day. It was less than 24 hours. It wasn't exactly planned. But I tell you what, that was the hardest moment in business that I've ever been through. I would have lost. I'd be bankrupt. I would have lost my business putting them all up, paying for the fuel. would have had to rent the plane again for another day. It was just crazy. But I learned, learned too, the risk-reward in doing that trip. Uh, So it was a great lesson. Also learned that man, there is there is nothing more that you need in business than than faith in God and faith in Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate provider. Uh, he has carried me through multiple situations, COVID included. Uh, and and it's just been a blessing. It's it's a constant reminder to trust him.
0: I, I would be remiss, Brad, if I didn't ask you one more question because somebody's listening to this going, man, this is Fabulous! I, I'm I am just I'm riveted by the stories. But leave the folks. This is the intentional encourager podcast. What's sure. your biggest piece of intentional encouragement to somebody listening to this? Business owner, salesperson, executive, whoever's listening. What's your biggest piece of intentional encouragement to them?
1: You know, again, I gave you the acronym. I tell people I I coach the my bucket list life plan. But I tell people, you know what goes in the bucket? is ice. We often put ice in a bucket. And for me, that stands for being intentional. Challenge yourself each and every day, and then envision that experience. So if you're intentional, if you're, I don't care what it is you're intentional about. For me, it's about being a good husband, a good father, running a business that's successful. And so that plan that I wake up every day, pray with my family, lead my family, I'm intentional about that. And then I challenge myself to grow either physically or educationally or mentally, right? Read a book, whatever it is. At the end of the day, your very, very, very short term plan. What does that look like at the end of the day? Did I get better today? 1%? Did I get better today? If I didn't, how am I going to be intentional to fix that tomorrow? How does that match my 30 day plan, my 90 day plan, my one year plan, my five year plan? That's the envision of the experience. What's that look like? And so my intentional encouragement is just that live on ice, be intentional, challenge yourself, and then envision that experience. But I tell you this too. A lot of people say, well, you only live once. And I hate to hear that phrase because we're given the chance to live every single day. Every day you wake up is your chance to live. It's all we're promised. And so I encourage you, To live today. You know, I had somebody, I was coaching a group yesterday. And I had a guy book a trip to Paris during the coaching session. And he said, you know why I did it? Just because I can. It's today. He may not live until that, when that trip is due, right? Hmm. But life is too short. We're too hard on ourselves. We say, we'll put it, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it later. We'll wait till we have the money. Whatever it might be. You're given." multiple shots, but you're only given one each day.
0: So don't live once, live every day. Man, great stuff. We we could talk for two hours or three hours, man, just different stuff. But I am so grateful for your time today. Brad Norwood, go to dreamitpro.com, D-R-E-A-M-I-T-P-R-O, dreamitpro.com, connect with Brad on social media, He's on Twitter. I think it's your handle is what? It Pro on, at on Twitter. Pro, yes. Yep. And, Twitter, and,
1: Instagram, Facebook is all at Dreamit Pro. And then LinkedIn, I'm big on LinkedIn platform as well. Just search Brad Norwood.
0: Yep. I've got it right here. Follow him, connect up with him. Brad, this has been great, man. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us today on the Intentional Encourager podcast.
1: Hey, Brian, I appreciate you. I want to I do something for you real quick. A lot of guests get on shows and get on podcasts to talk about themselves. And a lot of podcast hosts don't ever take the time to use their platform. This is your platform. I want you to take two minutes and tell everybody about Brian Sexton.
0: Well, man, I, I mean, I, I don't know that I can do it in two minutes. Here, here's the thing. Take I tried as to... much
1: time as you need, but tell yeah. everybody about Brian Sexton.
0: Well, so I believe in the care principle. I I try every day to be consistent, authentic, relatable, and encouraging. Um, I try to live by that credo. Um, I am unashamedly a Christian, unashamedly married to uh, the same girl for the last almost 24 years. I'm unashamedly a dad of a college student. Um, I'm just trying to make a difference in somebody's life. If they hear something encouraging. If they see something I posted encouraging, I don't post or comment on anything on social media that I can't add value to or add value to somebody else. So I'm just trying with this podcast to to encourage as many people as I can. My goal is to spread as much intentional encouragement to as many people as I can every day.
1: That's awesome.
0: I did it in That's about, great. 45 seconds. And I'm a huge sports fan, as you can tell. Huge, by, that's yeah. right.
1: That's right. We gotta go because the Reds are about ready to throw the first pitch. I get it. How do people get
0: a hold of you, Brian? Oh man. Uh, to get get to be on LinkedIn. Hey, I didn't know I was gonna be a, a guest on my own show, man. This is Absolutely. this is pretty cool. Uh go go to uh go to LinkedIn at Brian Sexton13 or on Twitter at Brian Sexton13. Also on Twitter, at intentional ENC number one uh, Go to LinkedIn, Brian Sexton, MBA. Uh, Facebook, The Intentional Encourager Podcast. Brad Norwood, thank you, my man. What a pleasure. we got to do this again sometime, man. Let's, Let's do it. Let's do it. Sounds good. My thanks, as always, to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Mead. And the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day, his and until next time, remember everyone, everywhere, in any time, and any place can be an intention.